This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, May 16th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Travel bans, at least at this point, aren't going to do much to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Nonetheless, the Trump administration persists. The rationale, at least for the time being, has changed, though. Now it's jobs. That rationale doesn't hold much weight either. Most categories of skilled workers are being prevented from immigrating right now. Cato's David Beer discusses travel and immigration restrictions in the wake of this outbreak. The Trump administration has made a huge deal out of the fact that it, you know, in its its own words, uh, decisively uh, took action to prevent certain uh, nationalities from traveling to the United States. Uh, and yet we've seen massive amounts of travel from elsewhere of areas that have been that were early on affected by uh, coronavirus. In fact, travel to the United States extensively. So what do we what do we know about that now? Well, uh, you're looking at the numbers of uh, airport admissions uh, recorded by the government um, as of April 7th, uh, nearly 10.7 million. Uh, entries at U.S. airports originated from countries with confirmed COVID-19 cases. Um, so basically, the travel bans, the restrictions, everything the Trump administration did was so late that it could not possibly have made any difference in the ultimate outcomes. Um, you know, our research has shown that the government waited on average, um, more than two and a half weeks after a country had a confirmed case to impose any restrictions. And for more than two dozen countries, it waited a month or more. Um, And in fact, three times it waited two months or more. So really, uh, you know, the amount of time, the number of entries that had occurred, it was inevitable that uh, the disease would uh, be transmitted. So the idea that uh, these restrictions were imposed very early on, uh, you know, ahead of the curve, um, so to speak, was just not accurate. It's still not accurate. And even after the restrictions were put in place, uh, travel has continued because the travel restrictions don't affect U.S. citizens or permanent residents of the United States. And so we've seen travel uh, continue even after the restrictions were imposed. And so um, the epidemiological research that has been conducted, the modeling, um, basically everything shows that if you have any travel at all between a, an outbreak zone and an area that's unaffected, you're going to have disease transmission eventually. Um, in fact, in, in, you know, the research is pretty unanimous that it's within a two-week period of time where you will have uh, a transmission occur. So All of these bans took effect after the disease had already seeded in the United States. And in fact, uh, many of them occurred after the United States was already the leader in the world uh, for COVID-19 cases. So uh, really no effect, uh, never had a chance of having an effect. Um, So I don't understand why the president keeps bringing it up as if it was such a key victory in in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, in your view, would travel restrictions have made sense if undertaken earlier? Oh, absolutely. In the first early days uh, when China first announced uh, that uh, they had this uh, epidemic, uh, you know, they weren't sure what it was. It absolutely would have made sense December 31st, uh, 2019 to 
have restricted tra- travel from China until we understood more. Um, you know, that's really consistent with the, you know, the research that had been done before um, that you want to do a travel restriction very early on to prevent uh, the transmission of the disease for as long as you can to put in place uh, effective deterrent measures. Obviously, we're never going to prevent all U.S. citizens from being able to travel back from China. That was never an option. So there was always going to be transmission eventually that occurred. Uh, the question was, could we delay that transmission for a couple weeks uh, in order to get everything in order on the ground in the United States to prepare for the pandemic? Other countries did that. Um, they, they put in place uh, procedures for testing and tracing and, and screening at airports everything that you would want to have on the ground game in terms of preventing transmission within the country. Uh, Taiwan, uh, on December 31st, the day that China announced this uh, uh, epidemic, they imposed screening at airports. They started uh, uh, you know, researching how people were coming in. They didn't ban all travel, uh, but they did start getting their ducks in a row for how to respond to this and prevent it from becoming uh, epidemic in their own country. That was effective measures. The U.S. did not. The U.S. basically said, we're not going to ban travel. They didn't ban travel for more than a month in the case of China until February. Once they banned uh, travel, the Trump administration basically said, ah, we're, we're, we're in the clear. We don't need to take further measures to prevent uh, an epidemic in the United States. And, uh, you know, that basically led to where we are today, where um, you know the epidemic is everywhere, and uh, many of the responses by uh, the government were delayed or ineffective. So uh, the Trump administration has pursued other restrictions, uh, specifically on immigration for people who are seeking to come to the United States on certain visas. Uh, what have they done so far? Started with with a ban on entry for most non non U.S. citizens who are not legal permanent residents from China. Uh, they expanded that to to Europe um, and Ireland and Britain uh, in mid March, um, and then towards the end of March they said we're not going to issue any new visas uh, or very selectively issue visas worldwide. Um, uh, so basically, if you didn't already have permission to travel to the United States prior to March 20th, uh, you were not able to uh, travel here. So uh, basically, that was an, a, a worldwide uh, restriction on travel to the United States that affected every country. And uh, it's led to a, a, an enormous, unprecedented reduction in travel uh, to this country. Um, non-U.S. citizen travel uh, is down 98% um, from where it was in March, so just uh, from early March. So basically, um, we've almost reduced the amount of air travel to a level that we have never seen basically since World War II uh, would be the last time where you had a comparable reduction in in international travel. And, um, you know, uh, it, it really has not had the effect that the, the government was hoping for um, because some travel can still occur. Plus, we've already had the epidemic here uh, circulating quite wildly. 
So uh, in terms of the people who are prevented from coming to the United States for work, uh, what are the categories that are being prevented from arriving? Really, it's everyone but farm workers um, are being affected by this. Uh, we've, we've created some waivers uh, for farm workers who are coming in um, from Mexico but, uh, and, and a few other countries. But beyond that, you know, we're talking about the highest skilled workers uh, are, main, are the main group being affected. Um, so you're talking about computer programmers, you're talking about uh, pharmaceutical researchers, you're talking about um, uh, uh, you know, uh, every other category except for uh, physicians and nurses who uh, a few weeks later, the, the administration has said, we'll give a waiver to them and allow them uh, to come. But for most categories of, of skilled workers, accountants, uh, uh, finance uh, people, all of those categories are being restricted. So uh, because the White House uh, had its preferences made clear before the election of 2016, that is to restrict immigration uh, broadly, uh, how likely is it that, that you expect these prohibitions to remain in place? They've already said that they're going to maintain the restrictions after uh, the pandemic in, in some level. It, it probably won't be quite as severe as a 98% reduction um, in travel. Uh, a lot of that reduction in travel is just people's fear uh, of the virus, of course, but these other restrictions on visa issuances for everyone, probably some of those will be lifted, but they've already said we're going to continue restricting this even after the pandemic is over because you know, we want to protect jobs uh, for U.S. workers. And uh, so we don't want to invite any more uh, foreigners into the country when unemployment uh, is high. So uh, this is a discussion that I'm sure you may be tired of having, but anytime we hear this claim that uh, there are jobs in the United States that need to be filled. When this pandemic subsides, let's give first uh, option to Americans to take those jobs. Um, it, it, tell us why that is a problematic claim. Well, it's, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, when you're talking about the types of jobs that uh, immigrants are doing, um, particularly these farm jobs, uh, just to use one example, I mean, even during the last recession where unemployment was so high for years, and that's not going to be the case here, uh, we'll, we'll have a quick recovery once the, the virus subsides. But it, even in that case, hardly any, 95% of the jobs offered under the H-2A program, which is the guest worker program for farm workers, were taken by uh, the farm workers from Mexico, even though they were offered to unemployed Americans first. So you had hundreds of thousands of unemployed uh, North Carolinians, and just to use one example, in 2011, only seven of those uh, hundreds of thousands of workers actually took the job that was offered to them and stuck it out throughout the entire growing season in 2011, whereas uh, more than 6,000 Mexicans were willing to do the job and stick it out to the end of the season. 
So there's just not the types uh, of of supply of U.S. workers in many of these positions, even during uh, unemployment, uh, when unemployment is high. And to be clear, the number of requests for foreign workers will decline uh, during, you know, when unemployment goes up, the amount of immigration goes down. Uh, it's just a natural market response. Um, so there will be less demand for uh, foreign workers uh, during the, the, the coming days. David Beer is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. We spoke this week. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 